Today we find ourselves on the fourth and the fifth week of Advent. Now, we were in the church office and we were thinking, like, when was the last time that this happened? So nobody who was in a church office can answer this question, but does anybody know the last time we had Christmas Eve on a Sunday for two services? What year it was? Nope. Nope. There's a leap year, I think, in there. So it was actually 20, it was 2017. We went back and looked. 2017 was the last time we had two services. So there you go. Just one of those useless bits of knowledge that you can take. We did look up when it happens next, but I can't remember when that was. Well, I thought it was another, it could be. Yeah, it was weird. Calendar's weird. God's got it figured out, so who knows. So, anyways, with all that to say, come on back uh, tonight at 7 p.m. It's always one of our favorite services. I think it's the service the kids love the most. Anybody know why? Not candy, fire, which is the neck. That's like they get to hold a candle and their parents, we all look nervously at them like, don't you drop it and burn this place down, right? So come on, that is 7 uh, p.m. tonight. So uh, during this Christmas theme, you know, peace is probably one of those things that probably gets mentioned maybe most often. I think if you listen to a lot of the Christmas songs, the theme of peace comes up quite a bit through many of those songs. You know, a lot of us in our lives want, want peace at various moments in our lives. Maybe you're sitting here and you want the peace of God in your marriage. You want peace with your children. You want peace through financial decisions. You All we hear about every day is world peace, right? We keep talking about this peace over and over again, and today we're going to look at these ideas of what peace is through Scripture. So let me open us with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for gathering us this morning uh, where we can come on this Christmas Eve and uh, reflect on the birth of your Son into this world. Lord, we know it means so much to us here today. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we jump into this idea of peace, we find the prophecy in Isaiah in chapter 9, verse 6. It says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. You know, when we look into this word in peace, it actually can get a little bit confusing. Because did the birth of Jesus really bring peace into the world? Well, if you think about the Christmas story, and you think maybe two years later, after the, the wise men have left, what happens to a lot of the baby boys in Bethlehem? They're killed. Is that the prince of peace coming into this world? Jesus even talks about his ministry, and he says this in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 34. He says, Think not that I have come to send peace on earth, but I came not to send peace but a sword. For I come to set man at variance against his father, 
and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. In Luke chapter 12, he says, Do you think that I have come to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. So it's interesting when we look at the ministry of Jesus, we see that he has actually come to divide people. He has come to, as we'll see it, those who will, will follow him and those who will not follow him. Now, don't be crazy. We're not going to talk about division today. But as I was looking into the word peace, that was what I was looking into and, and seeing all these different things about what Jesus was preaching when he came through his time here on earth. As we look around, we clearly see that there is no peace on earth. Man's cruelty to man is seen obvious in everywhere that we go. So how do we reconcile this idea of peace coming Christmas and Jesus' message of peace? And I think the answer is found as you study the word of our understanding of the word peace itself. You see, for us here in, in Western culture, the term peace is mostly this idea of the absence, absence of conflict. We think about if there's no war, then we have peace. We talk about during the holidays, all we want is peace and quiet, right? Anybody seen the movie, What About Bob? Everybody seen that? So if you know the movie, Bill Murray plays this kind of very OCD and a lot of things going on in his life character where he's always just messed up with a lot of things. Through some events, he actually ends up on vacation with his therapist, Dr. Marvin. And yeah, there you go. So, and in one of the scenes, Bill Murray's character, Bob, and the therapist's son, is, they're jumping on their beds and making all this great ruckus of a noise. And this idea is Dr. Marvin the next day has a very important interview. He has just written a book, remember Baby Steps, Baby Steps to Walk Everywhere. And he comes into the room and he tells them, look, all I want is a little peace and quiet. Bill Murray's character, Bob, says, well, I, I'll be quiet. And the son speaks up and he says, I'll be peace. Yeah, so they've got a little peace and quiet. But that's what we go through, right? As we rustle through the holidays, Maybe you even said these words yesterday in your house. I just want a little peace and quiet. But that's not what the idea of the Hebrew word is when we come to this idea of peace. We all know that the word shalom is very different from the peace that we have. And it can be used in this sense of not having conflict, but it's really a picture of wholeness, a picture of health, a picture of completeness and harmony. To have shalom is not to have a quiet life, but to be a fulfilled life, to be complete in life. It's not just this absent of, absence of troubles in all that we do. So how, then, is Christ our Prince of Peace? How is he our shalom? Well, I see some ways in which he fulfills these scriptures as our Prince of Peace. And today we have a very simple outline with this idea of peace. We're going to see the peace that we have with God. We're going to see the peace of God that we have in our lives. And we're going to see that there is a future peace that awaits us in the future. So let's jump on in and see this first peace. That we, he is the Prince of Peace because of this inward peace that we have with God. 
Isaiah 53, 5 says this. It says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes we are healed. So as we look into this, we usually have this verse read around Easter, right? So we see that really it wasn't His birth that brought us peace. There was peace brought in, but now we see this bigger picture of the Prince of Peace who was bringing things, reconciling things with God through his punishment. And that's what Colossians 1.20 says. It says, And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Had Jesus not shed his precious blood on the cross of Calvary, there would be no peace between God and man. There would be no forgiveness for us to enter into eternal life. We would still be the enemies of God. We would be unacceptable to Him. We would have no way of understanding His love, mercy, and grace. Think about it. The the gospel itself is even called peace. And we have Christmas songs that even say that. In Ephesians 6.15, Paul commands the believers to Get our feet ready. Get your feet ready in preparation with the gospel of peace. So why is the salvation message called the gospel of peace? See, as we have said over and over, the Bible teaches that man is at war with God. It is our sin that separates us from him. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Because all of us have sinned, and Isaiah tells us that all of us, like sheep, have turned their own way. All of us going astray, seeking only our own way in life. We have all turned away from God. We have all disobeyed His commandments. This rebellion has separated us from God. God cannot look upon us because of our sin. And that's where this message of peace comes in. Because on that first Christmas, as Jesus comes into the world, He comes to rescue us. To set forth a plan to reunite man with God. The baby that was born, the Son of God, grew up. And He lived a sinless life and died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. Listen to the prophecy from Luke 1 verse 79 it says this about christ it says he was to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace you see those who are without christ have no peace jesus came as a spiritual light to guide us to the way of peace to the way of full harmony to the way of completeness to the way of shalom People, we want to seek peace in in so many different ways. If I just get enough money and I'll be able to pay everything off and I'll have peace in my life. Some people will seek peace through substances, thinking I will just find peace of mind. I will find comfort through these things. But how can we experience the peace of God? It is by trusting in Christ as our Savior. Romans 5.1 shouts this out. It says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Paul says that we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we are justified. And this is a big theological word. Maybe you've heard this before, but it, it simply means this. It says, just as if you never sinned. When we are justified, God looks at us as if we have never sinned in our lives. He looks at us as a way he sees his son. A person who is justified is one who stands before God with no sin because God has already judged our sin on Jesus Christ. And it's all through his son, Jesus Christ. Nothing that we can do for it on our own. It clearly states only through Christ. God saves us only because of the work of Jesus on that cross. And if you put your trust in Jesus Christ, you will find this peace with God. To be declared not guilty when you stand before him. There is no more barrier between us and God. Because Christ has fulfilled it. The war is no longer there. We can have peace with God because of Jesus Christ. You see, those who reject, though, the offer of salvation are those who are wicked and lost in darkness. Just think about this. Think about how offended you would be if somebody in your family really thought hard about the Christmas gift they were going to give to you. They put a lot of effort into it. I'm laying this down as a precursor to Christie's gift. No, I'm just kidding. All these things, you think hard about these things. And all of a sudden, you give them the gift and they reject reject it. And they say, I don't like it. I don't need this. You've probably been there with a toddler, maybe. Sometimes they have that kind of attitude, right, parents? I've got some okay, but yeah. Here he is. He's laid out this gift for us in Jesus Christ, and now we have, some have come and said, you know what? I don't want it. I don't need your salvation. I don't need those moments. There is no peace for that type of person. If you do not know Jesus, you do not be fooled by the peace maybe that you think you feel in this world. There is a peace that will never await you, a security that you will never find in this world without the hope of Jesus Christ. Listen to this and, and turn from your sin and believe in Jesus Christ. Put your faith in him and in him alone as your only hope of salvation. He is the one who brings peace between God and man. He offers hope to the lost sinner. But you see, as we continue on, it's not just this peace with God that we have. It's also the peace of God. You know, a lot of people ask these questions. How can a Christian lose their job and not worry? How can a believer look at the diagnosis of cancer and not flinch? How can a Christian keep going after the loss of a loved one? What is it that speaks into their lives during this these types of tragedies? We all have faced loss in different ways. But there is a great peace that comes over believers, and it's the peace of Philippians 4-7, where Paul writes, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. While peace with God is this upward peace that we have, as we think about the peace of God, we think about the peace that we have within us. A peace that still comes through His Son, Jesus Christ, and that is with us in the midst of life's most difficult moments. Where we rely on Him 
through the, the, the pains of fear, doubt, depression, temptation, all the other attacks to our emotional well-being. We, we look to the cross and we look to Jesus Christ in all that we do. Shortly before leaving his disciples, Jesus gave us this wonderful promise in John chapter 14, verse 27. He says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. There's a story from Billy Graham of, of during the Korean War. And he had the opportunity uh, to minister to American soldiers who were overseas. And while he was there, he, he learned about an incident that really stirred his heart. And it's convenient because it happened on Christmas Eve, and there was a young Marine who lay dying on, on Heartbreak Ridge. One of the, the chaplains climbed up to the young man and whispered, May I help you, son? The Marine replied, No, it's all right, as he could hardly get the words out of his mouth. The, the chaplain was amazed at the soldier's peacefulness. But then the, the chaplain looked down and he saw the man holding on to a small New Testament. And he realized the peace that this soldier had. At the moment he breathed his last, he was going to be forever in the arms of his Savior. And it's in those midst of tragedies that we think upon this peace that Christ gave to us in this world. See, the reason we, we struggle with this sometimes is because of the words within that. It says, let, in that verse. He says, let not your heart be troubled. But sometimes as, as we go through life, we let our hearts get troubled. We, we let our hearts struggle through all these things. And we struggle to find Christ in the midst of these tragedies and struggles. God wants us to, to reflect, I think, on the words of Isaiah 26, verse 3. And he says this. He says, you keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because... He trusts in you. I think the first thing that we see within that verse is that word keep. It's the word that God uses to guard, to protect, to hide us. Isaiah is teaching us that those who are God's people, believers, are protected by the Lord. They are hidden in Him, guarded by Him. Those who aren't, those who are outside, don't experience this keeping of God. They are lost, as we've already discussed. However, for believers, God protects. And that doesn't mean that we're kept from trouble. But I think what we think about is that we are hidden in Him as we go through those troubles. If you think about the disciples in the storm, it wasn't that Jesus kept His disciples from the storm, but it's that He was with them in the storm, keeping them safe from its harm. The storm could only do what he allowed it, and he would only allow them to suffer so much because he was there with them, keeping them safe during such a difficult time. The second thing we see in that verse is the word perfect. Now, actually, when you look at the original language here, the word perfect is not in the Hebrew text. And when I read that, I thought, wait a second. What are you trying to say here? Was this word added to Scripture? So I began to look into it more and more, 
And the translation that we have, which is actually put in by many of the Bibles that you'll see, it was actually a repeated word, peace, peace. So this word, the verse actually reads, you will keep him in peace, peace, whose mind is stayed on you. Now, I'm about to give you guys a grammar lesson. And I know you laugh because you're like, wait a second, you are the last person in the world I'm going to take grammar advice from. And let me tell you, you should be. You should never listen to me in grammar unless I've looked at the commentaries and I can refer it to you. But really what this is, they, they call this this idea of reduplication. And you think about it in scriptures, what does it say? The angels cry out, holy, holy, holy. It's this idea of a, a repeated word for emphasis. So as Isaiah is writing this and he's saying, peace, peace, he is emphasizing, as we translate it, yes, this idea of perfect peace, this peace, peace. It's kind of like what I was reading, one of the examples they gave was, you know, in the French when they say bonbon. Bon is good, so when they say bonbon, it's like extra good. So all those through those things. So you know, I'm just full of treasures up here. Take what you ever want. You know, look at my grammar and just repeat what I do. Right, Jess? She says, no way. All right. But that's the idea. He's saying, peace, peace. Perfect peace coming through God the Father. Again, Jesus does this very same thing in the verse that we read in John 14. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. He's repeating this idea of peace over to those who are going through such hard times. It is this perfect peace that he speaks of. But as we continue looking at Isaiah 20, 26 verse 3, here's another key to it. It says, whose mind is stayed on. Or, or some verses will say, or steadfastly fixed on you. So as we go through life and as we are, are, are kept in him, we have to think, are, is our mind fixed upon Jesus Christ? Or are we steadfastly focused on all that he has for us in life? See, our, our circumstances tend to get around us and distract us, keeping us not stayed or fixed on Jesus Christ. Sometimes that can even happen during Christmas, right? As we talked about even last week. The, the busyness of the holiday season can sometimes take our focus off of Jesus Christ. Satan doesn't want us to be fixing our eyes on Jesus Christ. He, he wants us lost in our thoughts and lost in this world. So Isaiah tells us to stay fixed on Christ. He goes on in Isaiah 26, and he mentions trust. God's perfect peace, his peace, peace, only comes to those who steadfastly fix their minds on the Lord because they trust him. If you look at verse 4 in Isaiah 26, it even furthers on, it says, Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. So the key word through all this is now this idea of trust. So if we don't let our hearts get troubled, we do that by staying fixed on Jesus Christ, by trusting in him to bring us through those things. Think about this. When you were a child, did you ever worry about the bills of your house getting paid? 
Did it ever cross your mind as a child? Unless the lights turned off. But as long as your lights were on, you probably didn't think about it at all. And, and that's what we're thinking about here. It says, you trusted in those things we're going to get to. You, you knew my parents were just going to take care of these bills. Then you get to college and you're like, wait, my parents aren't taking care of my bills? <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. So we find all these things and we put a real, we don't have to worry about these things. And God is taking care of these things in our lives. And we find it ironic that during this time of Christmas, sometimes this Prince of Peace is lost on earth. I went out yesterday with the girls uh, to get their, their gifts for Christy and myself, and we were going to Target. I was very nervous for walking in Target, and the parking lot was packed. But I got to say, that it seemed that there were some pretty nice people out there. There was not a lot of yelling. So I was, I was thinking as I was going out, like, I'm going to get this great sermon illustration. Something is going to happen. But nothing happened. So there is some peace out there. But all this stuff happens as you go through the crowds and the traffic, everybody trying to assemble the things and the instructions. I'm so glad like we're past the age of like building new gifts for the kids. All their gifts are much smaller now, not these big things that you have to build because the instructions never make sense. The pieces are never there. And then your peace is gone for Christmas. So is it any wonder as we look at Christmas that that peace is gone? But we're celebrating the birthday of the Prince of Peace. You see, we, we joke about this loss of peace, but it's, it's true that during these holiday seasons, suicide is on the increase. People find themselves restless, lost in this world, and not knowing how to get through these things with no hope, no peace, no joy, no light, and no love. See, and I, I must admit to you that I don't always listen to Christian music. Don't stone me. But I will say probably 90 to 95% of the time, I, I do listen to Christian music. So that's a pretty good amount, right? It probably used to be the other way, but now I'm sanctified. So it's a little bit... Any, anyways, we can go down and play. Anyway. But there is a, a, a one band that I, I kind of always come back to. And it's the band Linkin Park. And if you know them, whoa, whoa, okay, all right. I feel like I got more amens for that than anything else I said. All right. Um, but they're a band that like, released their first CD like 23 years ago, which, yes, makes me feel very old. And a lot of their songs deal with mental struggles and the thing the lead singer Chester would go through in his life. And in May 2017, they released what ended up being their final CD called One More Light. And one of the songs on that CD is called Nobody Can Save Me. And I want to just read some of the lyrics as you think about this restless, this lack of peace in the world today. And this is what he says as he writes these lyrics. He says, I'm dancing with my demons. I'm hanging off the edge. Storm clouds gather beneath me. Waves break above my head, head first, hallucination. I want to fall wide awake now. You tell me it's all right. You tell me I'm forgiven tonight, but nobody can save me now. I'm holding up a light, chasing out the darkness inside because nobody can save me. Stared into this delusion for answers yet to come. I chose a false solution 
but nobody proved me wrong. As you read those, it might be no surprise to find out three months after releasing this new CD, he took his own life, having no peace to ever come into his life, wrestling with the struggles of this world. And I think a lot of those lyrics, as you look out into a world that we live in with no hope and no peace without Christ, and they don't understand this peace that we can have with God and this peace that we can have of God in our lives. Christmas is about steadfastly focusing our witness on Jesus Christ so that he is everything we think about and everything we experience in this shalom peace, this peace peace, this perfect peace. But we still have the reality that as we go about this world, we will never really see this perfect peace. But that's where this third point comes in, because even as we do have this peace, we still await this great future peace that will come to us in Jesus Christ. You see, the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, he gives us this promise. We will live in a world that will have no more war, no more hate, no more conflict, no more injustice, no more greed, and no more murder. The longing of the hearts of this people of this earth is for this peace on earth. And we don't just want peace in our hearts, we want it in the world. And unfortunately, mankind can never bring about this peace. We can strive for this, but no matter how hard we try, just look at the news every day and realize this peace will never be here. One day, the Prince of Peace is going to come back. One day, the Lord will appear in the clouds and the little baby that Mary held in her arms will come back as a conquering king riding on a white horse. Peace is said throughout scriptures. It is a promise for us. It is a promise that we still await and it will be a glorious time for a time here on earth. But it will also not be a great time for those in that category who haven't put their trust in Christ. Because when he comes back to establish his peace, he's still going to be wiping people off this earth. And it's a promise that we need to share with the gospel. You see, when he comes back, the problems in the Middle East will be solved. All these things will find their perfect peace in Jesus Christ. They talk about lions laying down with lambs, leopards cuddling with baby goats, Steelers and Ravens fans worshiping together in perfect peace. It's true. It's in there and I've seen it. It's true. There will be a reign of Christ that will be like no other. And it is a peace that we await to come in Jesus Christ. The same Jesus who was born in Bethlehem, who rose from the dead to prove and give final victory over sin and death, will come and reign from his heavenly throne. Paul speaks about this second coming in 1 Corinthians and talks about the enemies of Christ being placed under his feet, where he will come and rule over them. I invite the worship team to come on up as we get ready to close for today. And you know, as I was thinking about a lot of the, the, the Christmas songs that we have, 
the thoughts that we have. And, and one song kept coming to my mind as I thought about the theme of today of peace. And it was Hark the Herald. And I, and I think the song kind of gives the perfect outline for this idea of peace with God, peace of God, and peace that awaits us in the future. You think about the song, it says, Hark, the herald angel sings glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild. Here we go, God and sinners reconciled. And you think back to Colossians 1 verse 20 where it talks about the reconciliation that comes through Jesus Christ. So there we have that peace with God. Then it talks about light and life to all he brings. If we want to experience the true life that we have in Jesus Christ, if we want to experience this light and life that came in Jesus Christ, it is that peace that surpasses all understanding. So there we have this peace of God that comes to us in the midst of troubles. Then we have all ye nations rise, Join the triumph of the skies. I think as you look to that, we think about then the everlasting Lord and the future peace that awaits us in Jesus Christ. So as we get ready to close, let me ask you one question. Do you long for peace with God? Follow that up. Do you long for that peace of God to be in your life? Or are you still at war because of the sin that separates you from God? Let me tell you that today is the day of salvation and you can lay down all the heavy burdens of your life. And as Jesus says, you will find rest in me when you unlay your burdens. Or are you troubling and tossed in your soul because you haven't trusted in the midst of your trials? Look to him. Let's slow down this Christmas. Let's reorient ourselves with what is really important. That we are steadfastly focused on Him. And that we are trusting in Him. And never forget that we can experience this peace with God, the peace of God, and this future peace. Someday Jesus will bring peace to this troubled world once and for all. But until then, let's keep our eyes fixed on him and let's trust in him to one bring us to salvation and to two carry us through the storms of this life let's pray heavenly father we we thank you for the peace that comes into this world in jesus christ lord we pray for those who have not experienced the, the peace of salvation that they would understand the sin that rules their lives. That they would understand that by trusting you, they can be reconciled. And that you will look at us through the eyes of your Son and that we would be perfect, Lord. Lord, we pray for those who are struggling as believers through the storms of this life. May we seek you out and look to you and fix our eyes upon you and remembering that you bring us this peace which surpasses all understanding. And Lord, as we look to the future, the great hope of the peace that will come in Jesus Christ, may we remember that hope 
and look to that time with great joy. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you stand as we close with maybe not a surprising song?